It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up on Locked On Horned Frogs, I got a great question from one of our listeners uh, slash viewers, and I want to address it next. Why is TCU slow out the gate on this 2024 class? We'll talk about it coming up. You are Locked On Horned Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horned Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Horn Frogs, your team every day. I am Stephen Simcox, your host. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, We're coming up on 600 subscribers, which is really cool. You can also subscribe wherever it is uh, you get your podcast if you just like to listen to it in audio form. Um, So one thing that you can do, one thing that's cool about YouTube is you can comment directly on the videos, obviously, and that's an easy way to communicate with me. You can also hit me up on Twitter at Simcox Steven. I try to respond to most of those comments either on the show or uh, online. I haven't been great lately about doing it online, but I've been trying to do it on the show itself. And I got a great question um, yesterday when we were talking about Jordan Hudson in the portal, Kyron Chambers, Landon Watson also looking elsewhere. And this question comes from Gavin Schmidt. Just curious, why do you think we are starting as slow in the portal and in the class of 2024? Shouldn't we be getting more guys since we came off a national championship? And that's a great question. Uh, There's multiple layers to this. First off, I would say, I think you're probably talking about this specific portal window because I feel like TCU actually did really, really well in the last portal window and brought in a lot of contributors. Um, I'll run down the list. Uh, Jalen Robinson, wide receiver from Old Miss. Um, Willis Patrick, uh, lineman from Jackson State. John Paul Richardson, wide receiver from Oklahoma State. Trey Sanders, running back from Alabama. Tommy Brockermeyer, uh, offensive tackle from Alabama. Jack Besh, a tight end from LSU. JoJo Earl, um, wide receiver from Alabama. Avery Helm, corner from Florida. And Rick DeBreu, a defensive lineman, defensive end from East Carolina. So a good mix of some group of five guys that did well at their previous stops. And then um, some like power five, specifically SEC players, in some cases like Avery Helm that had really good careers in their last stops at Florida. And then guys like JoJo Earl and Tommy Brockermeyer, who were big-time recruits coming out of high school, didn't really see the field much at Alabama. Throw Trace Anderson in that mix as well. Didn't really see the field that much at Alabama because of health or um, just the depth chart, whatever the case may be. And now they're getting a fresh start at TCU. So I actually think they did a really good job in the portal in the last window. Now, as far as what's going on today, I would just say, one, they have a pretty specific – um, type of player they're looking for. Like you're, you're essentially just trying to fill out the roster. And so I think over the next few weeks, we'll see them pick up a quarterback, but most likely it'll be a QB that is um, probably going to be a depth piece, probably going to be a backup with uh, Josh Hoover, um, just someone who could step in if needed, if Chandler Morris went down, or I guess him and Josh Hoover would probably compete for that second string position most likely um, some interior offensive linemen. I would think a, a couple of defensive linemen coming in as well. <clears throat> and then maybe another wide receiver 
since Jordan Hudson hit the portal here um, in this in this last portal window as well. So I feel like you'll start seeing some names soon, and we'll try to keep tabs on who those guys might be when they do commit and when they do sign. As far as the 2024 high school class goes, yes, I agree with you. It has started out slow. They only have two commits right now. They're ranked number 64 according to 247 Sports. Um, and it's early, right? So there's still time to sign people. And so I think a few things are happening here. One is um, there's there's still plenty of time to fill this class out. You're finally starting to get some guys in uh, Haas Haney and Ryan Hughes. Um, those two are committed. You finally got your quarterback in Haas Haney. And I think the biggest criticism for TC, both in the portal and in the high school ranks, um, the last few months has been they just struck out on a lot of their QB targets, but they finally have their guy now. And we've talked about how Haas, I think, is going to turn into a much better prospect over the next year. He went to the Elite 11 camp, the regional camp um, in Austin, and did really well there. Uh, and, and so I, I feel like as he has a good senior year at Alito and possibly um, grows a little bit more height-wise, he could see his stock really take off. Um I think also they're being very selective in this class with who they choose. The the guys they're going after and that they're in the mix for, I think honestly, are players that in the past they wouldn't um, have gotten the time of day from. And, and two specific examples of that is one, Bryant Wesco, the five-star wide receiver from Midlothian. Uh, now, he's trending towards Oklahoma according to – on three and two, four, seven right now, and some of the recruiting prediction metrics. Um, but TCU is firmly in the mix there. Colin Simmons, the uh, edge rusher from Duncanville, um, who had a huge junior year. If you watched the uh, state title game against North Shore, like he dominated that game, and he's like one of the top twenty players in the nation. He visited TCU recently. Him and his family said they had a good time. Now, I mean LSU and all the other SEC schools are in the mix there as well. I don't think like TCU's the front runner or anything. I mean, ask John Garcia about him specifically on Friday. Um, and if you missed it last week, John is a recruiting insider for Locked On and had some good insight on Haas Haney. So I would say like they're going after guys and in the mix for guys they typically wouldn't get the time of day from. And part of that is the national championship appearance bump. Um, so don't panic. I think there's still time for them to have a really strong class. I feel like this is shaping up to be a smaller class than they had last year, and it might not have some of the headliners that you would expect. And I think they really did a good job of capitalizing on that um, magical run last year and getting players for 2023 and bringing in a really strong recruiting class um, using the momentum from last season coming into this year. I think the commits will come for 2024 – but, yeah, I mean, I understand why people are antsy about it. And I would say the biggest – and they finally kind of solved it by getting Haney to commit. But the the biggest issue had been they were going after QBs either in the portal or in the high school ranks, and they were just kind of striking out on them. Um, so I feel like Sonny and, and company are, are going to be okay. They're going to get this thing figured out. But it has started out slowly. And you're right, you would expect to have more momentum coming off such a great season. Um, and part of that, too, is like Brian Carrington left, who was their recruiting coordinator. He moves on to Arizona State. And so a lot of those guys that he was communicating with, you, you sort of 
lost contact with you at an offensive coordinator change. Garrett Riley goes to Clemson, and then you bring in Kendall Bryles, and so he has a different um, type of player that he's looking for as opposed to what Garrett was doing. All those factors come into play. I think it's something to monitor. It's something that we'll watch closely. I don't feel like there's a reason to be uh, super antsy or upset about it right now. However, you make a good point, Gavin. Yeah, you would expect to have some more momentum. I think the commits are eventually going to come. It's just taking more time than we would like. When we come back, uh, so there's some rumors out there, some speculation. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. About some CC players in the portal who might get a big payday from a rival school. We'll discuss that next. I do also want to mention, though, FanDuel. FanDuel is where the game starts. Um, if you want to get in on the, the wagering game in the world of sports, FanDuel is the best way to do it. They have an app that's safe, secure, and easy to use. So you can navigate it quickly. Um, you can also go to locked on, or excuse me, fanduel.com slash locked on to take advantage of their no sweat first bet deal. Put as little as $5 down and get up to $1,000 in bonus bets. That's a crazier turn. $5 down up to $1,000. And bonus bets at fanduel.com slash locked on. It's where the game starts. NBA playoffs going on right now. Major League Baseball also in full swing. It's all happening, and FanDuel is the place to go to get it started. Um, FanDuel, proud sponsor of the Locked On Network. So, continuing our conversation about uh, the portal here and what TCU is looking to do, one thing that happened, and I want to preface this by saying this is speculation right now, okay? There's sources uh, that are saying this, and, you know, there was a lot going on online yesterday about this potential, but nothing's confirmed, and we don't know where these guys are going to end up. Um, But Jordan Hudson hit the portal, and – he was a big-time wide receiver recruit for TCU. He was committed to Oklahoma at one time. Then he was committed to SMU, and then he came over to TCU when the, when the coaching staff change happened. Um, he was ranked as the number two available player in the athletics transfer portal rankings. He's young. There's a lot of potential there. Reportedly did not have the best spring practice, spring camp, and kind of found himself lower on the depth chart than he would like. And so he was moving on. And there's speculation because of that SMU connection that he could end up playing for the Ponies, which would be uh, funny. It would obviously add a new layer to the uh, Iron Skillet rivalry. It would add a fun storyline to that matchup. I believe it's on September 23rd between TCU and SMU. But there are rumors flying around that SMU is prepared to give Hudson big-time NIL money. And I don't know exactly what those figures might be, and my guess is we'll never know because it's still pretty hush-hush. Like, there's a lot of rumors out there about what guys get paid, but for the most part, it's still kind of a mystery um, with all these contracts and all these different endorsement deals. 
what players are actually taking home, right? If this is true, like, I'm not going to blame somebody for going to get money, right? I mean, this is part of the new world of college football. It's uh, it's always been there. It's just it used to be the underworld, and now it's kind of out in the open that it's legal to do this. And if I was 19, 20 years old and somebody offered me a big-time payday, then it would be really hard for me to say no, even out of loyalty to a school that gave me an opportunity to give me a scholarship. I think if that's the case, uh, odd that they would pay an outside wide receiver that much or that they would just back up the Brinks truck for a wide out. Like, obviously, that's a big part of your offense, but I think if you're allocating an IL money, it would be first to quarterbacks and then offensive and defensive linemen because those are the most critical parts of your team. Uh, but getting Hudson would be a huge splash for SME. And so – I understand why they would be interested. It just wouldn't be where I would allocate the majority of my NIL money, but I don't know what exactly um, they have at their disposal. And and so this is the new challenge of um, college football, and it kind of ties into what Gavin was asking about. It's like, why are we struggling so much in recruiting? And well, recruiting has always been kind of a crapshoot in that it's very individualistic what players want changes from person to person. So some guys are really just worried about who can get me to the NFL. Some players are really worried about staying home or uh, being where their parents can see them play on a regular basis. And now NIL is a huge factor in this as well. So just something to watch. Not sure where Hudson's going to end up yet, but um, there is rumors and speculation going around that he could end up at SMU, which would be, um, quite a splash for, uh, you know, the school over there in Dallas. And I don't think it really changes the the prediction or the calculus for the game between TCU and SMU, but it would add a fun storyline to what's already um, plenty of storylines. I, I would imagine, like, the, the vitriol for Sonny Dykes at SMU has calmed down a little bit because they're a year removed from it. But I'm sure it's still there, and it seems like they're going hard after – uh, TCU players transitioning briefly to basketball. So um, TCU basketball has also been active in the transfer portal. We got Jameer Nelson Jr. from Delaware, uh, guard who averaged 20 points a game last year. Trey Tennyson, guard from Texas A&M Corpus Christi, who shot 40% from three. And Esam uh, Masifa, the big man from Coastal Carolina, who averaged double double last season. And so they're still waiting on decisions from Damian Ball and Emmanuel Miller about whether those guys are going to go pro or not. But they also over the weekend had a visit from Avery Anderson, um, the Oklahoma State guard. And he dealt with a broken hand last year and ended up only shooting 19% from three. But traditionally he's been a, a guy that shot like in the 30% range from three-point land. Um, also – uh, plays really good defense, big guard, kind of your prototypical Jamie Dixon type of guard, limited in the scoring department at times, but really good defender, really athletic. And so I think he'd be a good pickup if they could land him. Um, another player that they were targeting, Primo Spears, the guard from Georgetown. Apparently his final two is down to Kansas and Florida State. So it looks like TCU is out on uh, Spears as he's moving his focus elsewhere. And I'm not sure how they'll finish this portal class up. If they land Anderson, that's um, three guards in the portal that they've gotten. And so that would be significant. 
and then obviously Damian Ball is kind of the the big domino here because if he comes back, then I really like this team's chances. If not, I'm still optimistic, but it would just be a totally different um, group, especially handling the ball in backcourt next season. When we come back, uh, TCU baseball tomorrow against West Virginia. We'll briefly talk about that. This is Lockdown Horn Frogs, your team every day. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, so uh, TCU Baseball struggling right now. Fell to Lamar in a midweek game, made a bunch of mental mistakes, actually lost that game on a a weird base running mistake. Curtis Byrne forgot to tag up from second and ended up getting called out, trying to advance from second to third on a fly out. Um, And so huge series against West Virginia. For all the up and down nature of the season, Frogs are half a game back of Texas for the Big 12 lead right now. And West Virginia is right there as well. And so in Morgantown, three games set Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Some bad weather anticipated on Sunday, so not sure if they'll try to get a doubleheader in there on Saturday. But very uh, intrigued by what this rotation is going to look like. Ryan Vanderhaas struggled on Friday night against UNC Wilmington. Um, Chase Hoover has not been great in his outings on Fridays. Cole Kleckers honestly the only starting pitcher right now that looks consistent and looks good. So I don't know what their plan is. But hopefully we find out today or tomorrow how they're going to try to hodgepodge this rotation. And it's another season where it feels like they're just trying to get this starting rotation put together with bubblegum and tape late in the year. And it just doesn't make sense. It's an alarming thing when you have a former pitching coach as your head man and you're constantly just trying to scramble for weekend starters. I'm not sure what the what the issue is there, what the disconnect is there. This has been Lockdown Horn Frogs. Thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. It's your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.